Welcome to Meaningful Desire. In this episode, I have a conversation with Danielle, who lives in Makati, Philippines. We talk about her experience of solitude, shibari, spirituality, and serendipity during this interesting times of the pandemic. Enjoy. And we're recording. Hello, Danny. How are you? Hello, doing good. Gaba, how are you? Good. I just uh, came back from an event. Uh, it's still we're still um, adjusting to having events with social distancing <laughs> and COVID. You know, yeah. So how is that like? Kinda, though? So you maintain space, and there's a maximum number of people. And yeah. That's all right. We're, we're learning to live with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, here in the Philippines also, we don't do physical events because it's still quarantine. We're the longest, we're the country with the longest quarantine. How long has it been? How many months has it been? <laughs> um, since March, March, April, May, June, July, August. Five to six months in wow. quarantine. Level four or um it's more of and we we went through very intense quarantine there and everything was closed, even the malls. Mm-hmm. So everybody had to scramble and get everything that they need to to be in the work from home setup. So everything was closed for at least one, two or three months, if I can recall. And when things opened up Everything became okay, but then again, cases started rising again, so they had to go back to a stricter quarantine session. And then now we're a little more open again, but knowing the government, it's quiet here and there. And there's no guarantee that the government is going to do anything about it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone's grappling with this. How, how do people survive without the malls? Because when I lived there, I remember malls are like part of life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after after a while, they opened the malls and we have to have quarantine passes during that time. Mm-hmm. So one household, uh, can what's allowed per household is just one person going out to go grocery shopping or going to the mall mm. and it's required to go with the pass mm. in order to get inside and then when you get inside you have to have your hands clean the alcohol and then mm. they're going to check your temperature so it's all the same when you go to entrances because you know where i live in mahati three malls are side by side so you have yeah. to go through each checkpoint that way it's hassle, but I know that the logic is there. It's just that I guess the government should really take a stand on how to do things properly. Because as I see it, we're directionless in a way. I mean, okay, yeah. it, it's, it's very, uh, how do you say this? I don't know where things are going. Like people yeah. are doing their best to 
not panic, to find ways in order to uh, keep their mind off the things that are happening. And yeah. it's not helping that that you know the government here isn't really giving us a concrete plan on how to do things. So it's more of uh, let's just do our best to not spread the disease. Yeah, that's that's mm. the mindset. Like, don't go out because it's. I'd, we'd rather just stay at home and not risk a lot of people. Because, I don't know, for me, there are lots of numbers already. I mean, cases are going up every day. And at the back of my mind, I don't, I don't think it's accurate. The numbers posted on, on the platform forms that the government has I don't know if it's accurate because knowing <laughs> knowing Philippine government sometimes it can be made up just to make it look like everything's going to be fine but you know I'm just mm. at that point where in <sighs> that's, that's <laughs> the only thing I can do it's like uh, I'm going to sigh because I'm not going to rely on them anymore it's more of <laughs> that dismissal i know it's not a good thing but what can you do that's yeah. your you feel powerless during this moment so i don't know maybe i i start distracting myself by empowering myself instead <laughs> instead of worrying of, of other things mm. maybe that's the way i try to handle that disappointment or that powerless feeling or mm. the feeling of being not being able to do anything. Mm. Speaking of which, doing what we can, we, we both presented at the Sugar and Spice uh, virtual festival. I missed your session. How, how did it go? I missed attending oh, your um, session. How did it go? Um, it was fun. For me, it, it was my first time to present something in, in a workshop. I mean, in that way. Uh, it, I'm surprised that Martha did ask me to go into it because I I know I can teach people how to do rope. It's just that it's a different ball game when it comes to being a presenter for an online sex festival. And for me, for someone like me who doesn't have you know the credibility that most of the people have there, like you know Martha being a clinical sex so he, she has the expertise and then looking at the other presenters I'm like wow I feel so um, empowered but at the same time there's this um, imposter feeling like am I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean am I really good enough for this it was it was a mixed feeling you know it's a mixed bag of emotions wherein i was like happy and excited at the same time there's this fear not really fear but anxiety that i might not be able to say what i want to say to teach the way i want to teach what if my lessons aren't good enough what if the the outlines that i did aren't clear or Maybe there are so many questions that they have to ask that I might not have answers to. So there, there was so much um, looking within that I did because I felt like, of course, when, when you're not so sure about the situation, you tend to overthink things. And I was overthinking 
But during that overthinking, it was more of, do I deserve this? Mm. Um, do I do I know what I'm doing? Why do, <laughs> why do people keep on asking me to do these things when I feel like I'm not ready? And then another side of me, or I, I listen to different sides of myself or different opinions within myself. So it's not always just this kind of thought. I also look into the other kind of thought wherein I'm thinking about, I do deserve this because they wouldn't ask me or Martha wouldn't ask me if she didn't believe in my abilities. Um, the opportunity for growth is there because mm. I already teach people physically. What more if I can transform my teaching from physical means to online teaching? That can be a mm. new way to approach teaching and being able to be elo- eloquent with how, how, how I'm going to teach it, how I'm going to say things. And it's a bigger audience because most of my audience mm. are just here in the Philippines. And then to see that my reach was beyond my age because most of the time I talk to people my age. So seeing mm. a different audience, seeing a different demographic, it's different. And to and for mm. me, what what made me happy about it is that I met new friends. I met people who have the same ideas as me or the same openness to you know sexuality sex king or people who are open to learning more about it especially those who don't know what kink is who don't know what pervertibles are who don't know the background of what bdsm is and to open their minds was such a blessing in disguise so i I looked into it and I'm like, no, because because she believes in you, you have to believe in yourself too. You deserve this. I mean, opportunities like like this don't come often. Might as well get go for it, get that experience. And by participating in something like this, which which is once in a lifetime, mm. you know, I mean, the event can go on again and again, but the first sugar and spice festival and it's an asian event for asians and being able to be one who presents kink and being able to be one of the youngest to present Mm. was an amazing thing and Mm. and it's amazing because i never knew that my life would pan (laughs) out in this way like yeah yeah and and you know there was the second guessing because I was like, oh, you know, I only have three years of experience. What does three years of experience um, have against people with 10, 15, and 20 years of experience over me? But then again, I realized that while I was teaching, people were learning more from me than I was learning from them in a way. Yeah. So it's, it's more of a perspective thing wherein, ah, I feel like, they're learning so much from me. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm more exposed. Maybe because experience tells me these things. And then being able to share that experience in a way that they can understand, that they can, you know, use in their lives. That's a wonderful thing. I never knew that just because my age is like this, just because my experience is like this, doesn't discount the fact that I may know more things about 
what I'm passionate about than the person I'm teaching. Mm. So it's it's a wide variety of emotions. So it it was a nice thing to experience. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Like I think even even the most experienced presenters also have the impost, imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it never goes away. And and I think if it goes away, it's the time you have to be worried if you're not, if you're no longer doubting yourself. Because I think doubt is good because it it. It kind of instills humility and to keep on improving oneself. You know, one one goes astray when one is too confident. I think so. I think it's good. That, uh, what I'm really curious about is how did you get into this? Um, I wasn't aware that there was a kink scene in the Philippines. Good on you ah. for uh, being in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was aware ever since I was 18 because my friend introduced it to me. He, he introduced uh, Shibari or Japanese rope mm-hmm. bondage to me when I was 18. And he told me that, oh, there's a community. So if you want to get into it, you just have to tell me. But during that time, I was living with my family. So, you know, everything was <laughs> hush-hush. You know, hush-hush. Don't tell anyone anything. Yeah. And, rope burns. You know, rope burns. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rope burns or scratches on the back right there. <laughs> you know, the, the baby stuff that gangsters do. I mean, little bruises here and there, bite marks. Mm. So, of course, you don't show those things, especially if you're with people who aren't aware of what you're mm. doing and who might say things that aren't really good about it. So um, after that experience with him, when I was 18, after a few years after, I started looking for it from my boyfriends back then, wherein, please learn how to time because I got tired. It was so amazing. It was fun. Uh, and they said no, they, they weren't into it. So I'm like, okay, fine. So after four years, I got back into the scene because I broke up with my then ex-boyfriend or then boyfriend. And I said, I want to go back. I want to experience being tied again. And I want to see what it's like because I enjoyed it. I want to find people who can do that again to me. So... I went into the community because of my friend again. And I reached out and said, hey, I want to learn more about this community. And then he brought me in. And then from there, my world expanded like crazy. I mean, I learned so many things in the last three years that I've been practicing it. Yeah, that's the beginning. And now that I am looking back at it, I never thought that I would be in someone who educates people about it. All I knew all I knew about myself is that I'm very vocal about things. I love doing these things and then I love talking about it. I love telling people how beautiful it is, telling people what it is, what it isn't. And then from there on, people started wanting to get me for talks or wanting me to teach them how I do things because they're the way I do it makes it interesting, makes them want to do it. So I feel like it, it was a natural progression from just being able to just be tied and be, uh, and be the one tying to me telling people, oh, this is what I'm doing is this, this, this. It's fun. It's amazing. And then 
it expanded like crazy. Mm-hmm. How would you, uh, to someone who don't know anything about this, how would you describe Shibari to to uh, a muggle? <laughs> <laughs> to a muggle, actually, yeah. for me, the the best way to tell them is that you know, can you imagine what the hug feels like? Because that's how rope feels like on me. Or when whenever I tie another person, whenever I get tied, it feels like a hug. Mm. And the, when, when I say it in that way, then they realize, oh, what does a hug feel like? It feels mm. snug. It's not too tight. It feels as if you're held, you're cradled, and then these happy feelings come out. And then I say, yeah, that's what it is. Essentially, that's what it is. Unless the intention is to hurt you, it shouldn't hurt at all. Mm. Yeah, that's what I tell most people. And then they ask me, why do you like it? Mm. Why, why, what inspired you to do this? You know, what, what you said a while ago. So it, it became a thing wherein I just wanted to tell them the benefits of it. Uh, of course, I tell them about the precautions, the safety concerns when it comes to it. It's not to discourage them, but it, it's to show them that, yes, the emotions or the feelings of being hugged are there, but the risk is also there. So how do you navigate through it? I tell them that I do put my body in a lot of stress because I want to get into it in that way. But if the person I'm going to play with or the person I'm talking to doesn't like pain, I tell them it, it, there is another way for you to feel the rope or to feel tied without having to feel that pain that I look for or the pain that I'm willing to go through just to get into a certain headspace. So it's allowing them to process it in a way that takes away the scary or the... Uh, not so good aspects of it because I realize that not a lot of people are into it or are afraid of it because there are preconceived notions. That's why whenever I talk to another person, oh, what I, I ask the question, so what comes into mind when I tell you about the room? Mm. So they tell me about their preconceived notions. Oh, it's going to hurt. It's kidnapping. Mm. There is no consent (laughs) you know the typical things and then before i get into the tying whatsoever i tell them oh you know this is how i do it not a lot not a lot of people uh tend to tell tell the the people who are curious about the ways or how someone ties mostly people think that when you tie it's mostly just wrapping someone in a rope but <laughs> there are methods to it there is intention to it there is care there is love there is respect in the way we do it so i tackle all those things before the actual tying or if they don't want to get tied by rope i use my body because mm. in essence, my body is the rope or mm. my body is the one moving the person. The rope is mostly an extension of myself. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's me navigating or dancing with them. So the way, I, mm. the way I do rope or the way I tie someone is that they feel as if they're being danced by me. 
So it's a conversation. Like, how, where do you want to go? If I leave you, how much are you willing to let go? Or how much are you willing to, you know, move with me? So mm. it's it's a matter of just navigating whether or not they're willing to to be pushed in a certain way, to be moved in a certain way. So it's it's a conversation. I mm. tell them that it's a conversation between me and my my partner and most of the time it's not what I want, it's what the person wants. Because the limits of the rigor are the limits of the one I'm tying or the mm. one being tied. Because what if they're not as flexible as some of my partners? Mm. I won't force them into a position that's not comfortable for them because it will cause them pain. It will help. It will uh, take them away from that headspace of relaxing to a, a headspace of being given pain, and that's not something a lot of people would desire. And it 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 has so many elements that people just bypass whenever they wanted I that's why a lot of the times I ask people what their intention is what mm. is your intention when you're going to tie because the intention in tying means that you navigate through that intention like if mm. I'm going to help a person relax I'm going to move them in a way that's very much slow slow moving and very much being cradled by me slow small movement so that they can feel the little nudges that I do on their body because it is a communication thing so I want to see whether or not they can listen to the small touches that I do mm. or can they if if I push someone's earlobes here because this is a pressure point so mm. if I press on someone's ears here do they go up with me do they go up when mm -hmm. I push them there or if they resist maybe I can do something else to make it known for them that I'm trying to push them upwards so it's it's mm. me checking in mm. with mm. themselves with, with their body and and it's amazing when they start noticing the little things that I'm doing and being able to anticipate and relax in the knowing that I'm going to take care of them Mm. It's actually a beautiful thing. And sometimes when, when the connection is there, people don't realize that I'm already tying or that I'm done tying. Mm. It's, it's, it's that magical because sometimes a session means that it's not serious. Sometimes I just talk to them while I tie them. So it's more <laughs> of like a hangout thing. Where I'm like, oh, you know, how was your day? And then I start tying them. Or sometimes even without tying them, I place their hands at, for example, in front of their their bodies, wherein I just place their hands. Actually, sometimes without the rope, yeah. <laughs> I just place their hands like that, and then I just hug them, and then later I'm just talking to them, and they're they're still in that position. And then it makes me realize that, you know, sometimes if if they're very trusting and if they know your process it's very automatic for them to go go to that space where it, oh, oh you know yes. i don't really need rope anymore because you already feel tied to me or mm. you already feel as if i'm tying you mm. or if i am tying them their mind is already in a happy place that when i'm done i just stare at them 
there's they mm. keep on talking and talking and then I tell them, Oh, you know, I'm I'm I haven't tied you in a while. <laughs> You're already bound and I'm actually done. And then they're like, Oh my god, I never noticed. And there are those moments where in it's fun to see them in that way, but there are also times wherein I love it when they do notice that or the intention is not me talking to them, but it's me and the person being silent and just navigating through with each other. And most people think that when I tie, it's almost always about knots or almost always about the pattern. Sometimes I tie without pattern. Sometimes I just wrap them around in rope. Mm. And that in itself is already a journey. And Mm. sometimes sessions are free-flowing. Or most of the time for me, it's free-flowing. There is no goal. There is mm. no, no, um, no prize at the end, kind of thing. Mm. Wherein, of course, there are sessions wherein I want to practice the certain tie, and I want to suspend you and let's see if you can hold it. Okay, that that's a practice session. But in a session wherein I want to free flow and then they want to free flow, there is no definite goal sometimes Mm. it lasts from just three to five minutes to sometimes 30 minutes just because it's fun just because the flow is there just because the energies are connecting and you just want to express it again and again and again and moving through different poses moving through different movement body the body manipulations etc so it's it's actually a varied experience every way in every way because even if I tie the same tie again and again on another person, the body and the mindset is always different. Mm, like I cannot mm. replicate that same session because the time and the mindset and the and the circumstances are, will be different each and every mm. time. So it's always unique and it's always a new experience. Mm. <laughs> it's like a you can play with the Heraclitus no one can step on the same river twice so no one can be tied <laughs> in the same way yeah twice. yeah, yeah. Mm. what else is happening in the uh, are you, do you do other kinds of stuff aside from Shibari Actually, um, I do nude model. Like, mm-hmm. I was a nude model before I went back into King. But the funny thing is that I was just modeling for one month. Nude modeling for one month before I went into King. Is so, that for, uh, for um, sketching? Drawing people who um, draw or actually, something? Actually, the first time I did it was for a photograph. Mm-hmm. And then the next few times, people started wanting to sketch me. Some mm-hmm. some people wanted to sculpt me for their project. So it was a mixed bag. And it people think new modeling is easy. It it isn't. Nah, <laughs> especially nah, yeah, yeah. especially if you're going to model for artists who sketch, you have to stay have to, still for yeah, show the, a long show the, time. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to show the the shapes, the <laughs> the poses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there was one time I had cumulatively I posed for two hours without 
moving. But it wasn't a full two hours straight. It's more of like 25 minutes break, 25 minutes break, 25 minutes. So it was so grueling. It was so tiring. It was, it, it, it numbed my mind. I had to, <laughs> it's, it's like meditating. Yeah. With meditating, you just sit still and you just do it. Or, well, for me, when I meditate, I, I dance when I meditate. So that's another thing. But yeah. It, it, it's like meditating in different poses. So some, my mind goes to different places. There was one time, because I love singing and I was part of a choir before. And be, during that time, I was trying to practice church songs for, for an event we had at the office. So while, while I was posing, I was singing Amanamin in my head. I was like, <laughs> genius. That's so good. No, because it, because it it helped my mind wander. Yeah. And it helped me not feel the pain that I was experiencing. I mean, to be in the same pose for 25 minutes straight is already taxing. What more <laughs> if you have to do it six times? Yeah, 25 yeah. minutes each time. So you're like, uh, <laughs> you're numb. <laughs> So I was like, what choice do I have? I'd rather just sing this pain away than to think about, okay, what time is it? What time is it? What time is it? So, but, yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if it, you thought you were singing in your head, but you were actually singing? You'll go, what, what the hell's going <laughs> Actually, I was singing it very, very um, quietly. Like, I know I can hear it. Or sometimes I just hum it inside my head. <laughs> like, is she trying to make me feel guilty for looking at her body while she's singing church songs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it was fun. It it was a good experience. It it it, it was for a an oil painting class that my oh, high wow. school friend did. So. It, it was a reunion between me and my high school friend, actually. So she she went up to me and asked me online if I could model for her. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then we started talking before the session. And she said, you know, ever since we were in high school, I knew you would do it. But when we went, but when we went into college, you bloomed into this person. And I'm actually happy to see you get out of your shell or this is your true self and i was like oh that's so sweet of you so it, it was amazing to see people look at me in that way where and they already knew they already knew it was this wild person but they never knew the extent of it or and i never knew the extent of it until i went into the world until i started doing you know being an adult having my own place, having a space wherein I can be myself and express myself and find myself. So mm. the person you're seeing now is a way, way, way different animal than the person you, my friend saw back then. I, mean, I was she, your serve still. I was your serve still. Yeah. Did you go to an all-girls school? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mm. I, I did go to an all-girls school. I mean, and I feel like all-girls schools 
bring out <laughs> um you know inside <laughs> yeah with the wild ones <laughs> but i feel like it is really me it's just that because of certain expectations being placed in a box wherein you can't do this because you can't <laughs> because sometimes people just do that or maybe the upbringing that i came from people expect so many things of you that we tend to not question as Filipinos. Did you ever get that mindset wherein um, you can't do something because religion says you can't or society says you can't and you have to conform without asking why it is that way? So here in the Philippines, whenever you start questioning things, that people are saying you're seen as bastos or someone rude <laughs> for asking those things that you don't know what you're th- you don't know what you're talking about because we're older and you're not so it's, <laughs> it's that kind of thing we're in i'm asking because i want to know the answer the reason yeah, why yeah. things yeah. are being done and here in the philippines they just say basta <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. and so now that I'm grown up or now that I'm older, I start questioning things before I do something. Like, mm-hmm. why why are people talking about sex in a taboo way? You know, I started questioning that. Or why can't we talk back to our parents? Not really talk back, but talk to our parents in a way that I have an opinion. Mm. And not be, and not be told that your opinion doesn't matter or listen to me. I know what's best for you. And then when you start questioning, but I know, but I have things that I want to do which I feel mm. is best for me. Then why are you dictating? So it's it's those kinds of mindsets that I try to not really let go of, but question. Like mm. why do we do these things? Like why do you? do parents have so many expectations for their children why don't they listen why why is our <laughs> yeah i mean why does our culture why, why is our culture very family centric but it's not as loving as it's supposed to be mm. like being taught conditional things that if you don't do well in school you are this if I mean, the, the culture of comparison. Oh, look at this person. They're better than you. Why can't you be like this? So mm. I start questioning those things because I grew up in a culture that's like that. And then you get to see the faults in it. And then when you call people out because of that, they feel offended. And then it starts, it makes me question again, where did you learn this? Did you learn mm. from people who are older than you? Aren't are you aware of all these things? Are are you willing to look at it in a different perspective? So it's more of like widening so many things. Mm. But as I ask th- these questions, I'm I'm looking at it without judgment. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I realize that what's the truth? I mean, my truth will not be yours may not be the same as yours and that's okay because mm. in my world or in my own universe it is true and but i'm not saying that yours is wrong it's just that mm. it doesn't apply to me so yeah. there's just respect in that but 
you know, in, in the Philippines, it's not like that. There are chismosas and chismosas and, you know, just a lot of things that you start questioning. I started questioning. <laughs> Don't worry. The Aussies do it too. They're also chismosa. <laughs> it's the <laughs> universal thing. I think everyone, I think everywhere there are lots of chismosas and chismosas. It's just that we just have to be aware to just listen and not necessarily use it, see it as the truth. Because yeah, know, I mean, in my experience, there's a there's a way of doing it that feels good. It's just being interested in other people. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, but there's a way of doing it where it's more where it's actually actually hurting people. So like anything, yeah, yeah. it depends on like. It's not sometimes it's not the thing, right? It's how you do it. It's a bit like shibari. If you do it out of love, that's different when you're doing it because you actually wanna restrain someone because you wanna do something that they don't wanna do. It's the same yeah. it's, it's it's the same act, but it's different in, in you know. <laughs> so maybe yeah. it's the same with uh, with gossiping. I learned a lot like when I was young in the Philippines, I used to sit with the old people and and even if you know the, the tagayan i don't know if you still do it where they pass the glass the audience yeah, yeah. can't understand what, what that is you, you share one glass what's you put ice on your beer what's going on <laughs> you didn't put ice on your beer <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah but i learned a lot of um like wisdom Listening to the older people because, like, when they get drunk, then they get more honest. <laughs> so it's really yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the true nature shows it's like, oh, so this is what being a man is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like when it comes to alcohol, people use it as a way to become more honest because they are, I think, from my perspective, a lot of people are afraid to be open without having to resort to different means. Like, it's, mm. for me, it's sad that people have to resort to those things in mm. order to mm. become honest. Yeah, or vulnerable even to, to yeah, show yeah. some vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it's coming from me. I'm not really a drinker or a smoker. Mm. It's more of me telling people, oh, why, why don't you drink? It's me just saying, I don't really need it to have a good time. Yeah, and you want to be clear, I, right? You want to be present. <laughs> yeah, that and, and I'm, I'm a very naughty person and I like it when other people get drunk and then I take care of them, but I like mm. taking evidence. <laughs> like, I'm going to take videos of you without you knowing. I'm like, and then... <laughs> Because most of the time, people pass out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to be a responsible person. I want to take care of you. But I want you to know what happened. I want you to see what happened while you were drunk and not really knowing what's happening. It's me being responsible for you. But at the same time, <laughs> blackmail material for you. But I don't do that. It's more of like me poking fun at them because of doing that. But I'm not judging them at all. It's more of like, yeah, it's it's my personality to be naughty, but it's just me being accountable for them. But then again, I don't want to get drunk. I don't want to be in a position wherein somebody else has to go through all that hassle to 
<laughs> clean up after me. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, and, not and it's pretty. scary though. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and it's scary too. I mean, you might never know, especially for a woman. Um, there is the scare of rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, yeah. I mean, and I'm not for it. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna risk it. I mean, I know my yeah. friends are okay, but I don't want to be in a position wherein I have to compromise myself. Yeah. I know I can be responsible yeah. for other people, but I don't have any trust in others being responsible as responsible as I am for today. you. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. more like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's more of like being accountable for myself also because I know myself. I know that I can take care. If if I can be cloned, I will take care of myself. But <laughs> I don't want to pressure another person to do that. <laughs> because I have standards. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. push standards. I, I, I mean, if I take care of a person in this certain way, I want to be taken care of in that certain way also. So, um, Also, it's more of a mind thing wherein I'm... It's easy for me to tap into that happy, joyous state, being open without the use of any alcohol, drugs, or whatever. Because it's my natural state. I mean, if mm. you're content and you know yourself so well that you don't care what other people will think, you're just being you, then I don't really need to tap into that. Sometimes I act more drunk than my drunk friends. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Say, what, what are you having? Can I have it? Uh, nothing. I don't know. Get my blood. Prana. No, because I start dancing. Yeah, you're, you start dancing. Mm. I mean, yeah. I love I love music. So whenever I'm at a bar or something, I just listen to music. I just start dancing. And then I leave the drinks to them. I'll just start dancing. Because when I start dancing, it, it makes you even more high. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a beautiful energy. It's, and then it's you start to body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd rather do that. And then you would see your friends drunk or drinking and not having as much fun as you. I'm like, yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Let loose. Nobody's gonna judge you for dancing. And if they do, they're just jealous that you're dancing. Like, you don't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> did, did, did they Daybreaker ever come to the Philippines or not yet? I don't know. Daybreaker yeah, they, is a sober party and they do it like... Um, they Like here, they hire... Uh, so when I, I attended every single one in Sydney, like... We went to the aquarium at like 5 a.m. You do yoga and then Ooh. you do so you do yoga first and then breakfast and then you dance until until 8.30 so people could still go to work. It's like a morning Ooh. party that's sober. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, and sometimes they bring, they, they had an outdoor one and and it's kid friendly so the kids some some people bring their kids and they dance it's like a it's a party vibe but it's sober and it's in the morning and it's in interesting places like we did one in the opera house inside the opera house and one in the tower so we're like on, on the top of the tower that's really pretty cool it's a cool experience started in new york yeah 
I don't think we have that here. But the closest thing I get is because I'm part of a flow community here. So we fire dance and we just flow and dance. Ah, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So what we do or what I do is I'm very active because I live by the park. So and mostly the park that I live near here is more Ayala Triangle. Um most of the people do go to Ayala Triangle to flow, to dance. So mm. because I live near, I'm like, where are you guys? Yeah. Do we can we, you know, flow this weekend? Do we mm. do you wanna jam? Or if they, they're busy, I just go there. And mm. sometimes even if you just stay there, a lot of people would come by who just want to do it also. So when a jam is formed or when people confirm that they're going, it's mostly like a Saturday or Sunday, and it's from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. pre-COVID. So it was seven hours of just hanging out, dancing, doing whatever we wanted to do, lying down, talking about life, eating good food, ordering food, and then just eating there and then salo salo. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and it's free dancing, and somebody yeah. brings brings their laptop with really good music and mm. then it's blasted through Bluetooth speakers so all of us have the same music but we have our own flow. So you see different energies and you feel different energies but we're one community who just have, uh, we have this fun and free-flowing energy. So it's actually something like that wherein we just dance for hours or sit and talk for hours and have no but good fun, good company for mm. hours and hours and hours. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I miss uh, here. So I, I keep telling people here, like in, in Manila, I just go out of the house, something will happen. <laughs> because the density yeah, is there. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I Things mean, happen everywhere. To... <laughs> everywhere there's something happen. <laughs> if you go to the red light district here in Mahati before you just go to a bar and you will see a lot of things happening. So you're like, yep, my night is complete. Is this in Poblacion? Yeah, yeah in Poblacion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everywhere you go, you're like, there's something happening here and then there. Or sometimes even if you're just standing somewhere near the hostels, the hostel area you would find friends they're like oh you know why are you here or if you know yeah. the schedule of people you know if it's a friday or a saturday night and then you go there after work and you're like yep my friends will be here <laughs> so it's a regular thing i feel like it's a filipino thing it's a yeah. we, we are very much creatures of habit that's the way yeah yeah i mean i think they're in australia they're not as you know malls aren't as open until late at night i think and then for here in the philippines malls are open until 10 11 p.m and if you're living near greenbelt it's open until 2 a.m <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's different i feel like the filipinos really just like having fun or very social that we want to stay out for longer before we go home yeah yeah hmm 
Hmm. Do you want to ask me questions to make it two-way rather than? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm thinking about where. I mean, how did you end up being there? I mean, you are Filipino, so I wonder how. I'm half Vietnamese, and my mom escaped from Saigon by boat, and she chose Australia. Yeah. So, I, so how did you learn Tagalog, though? <laughs> I grew up in the Philippines. Yeah. Ah, so your dad. It, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a complicated love affair, but they, they never got together. So I have my stepmom in the Philippines, but my mom here never married. She's in Adelaide though, so it's like an hour, almost two hours by plane. So we, we see each other a few times a year. <laughs> That's about it. Mm. So how, how did you become this person who is very much into spirituality or very much in tune with himself? You do practice OM, right? So where did that come from? I mean, you didn't start from there only. So how did the curiosity come? Was it just a spur of the moment thing? I know you shared it in, in the Sugar and Spice yeah. Festival, but not a lot of people know that. How? Why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> Why is anyone like I, I just like to... Um, I do a lot of experiments. Experiment with my life, with my diet, with, with things and... And some of the experiments. Once thing, like I'll do this once to see where this goes. But then it just goes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I'll do anything once. As long as it's not, it. as long as the damage is not permanent, I, I <laughs> the danger. It's not too much of a danger. I do. Um, I guess I've always been. I grew up feeling I didn't fit in with the world. You know what I mean? I don't know if you have the feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. am I an the alien? I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Until I learned to embrace it. And, and it, it switched to creativity. And I met people who are also weird and wonderful, you know? Who are... <laughs> yeah, the weirdos come together all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, and I hung up with artists when I was there, and I, I wrote I wrote poetry. It's funny, like when I my earliest poetry, I don't want to read now. I, I think it's, it's, it's the cliche is true because <laughs> like they're so bad. <laughs> Do you write? Yeah, so? actually. The first, the first drafts usually are the cringiest ones. You're like, why did I write this thing? <laughs> yeah, or the I high school this? ones. It's all about love and crushes. Sawe, pagiging sawe. Yeah, so good. The, oh, heartbreaks. <laughs> when your crush doesn't like you back, and you're like, oh, <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, going back to the um question, uh, prior to that, I was doing a lot of meditation, third eye meditation. And I, I felt I was like coming out of the world instead of being in it. 
and then that's when I thought I need to focus on my sexuality because um it's there I'm ignoring it and then that's when I did you feel detached from yourself when that happened like are you looking so much into your spirituality that you're forgetting that you have this physical body that needs yeah and, and I think it was also more like spiritual bypass you, you know as mm-hmm. i was bypassing the body and that it's like like you've heard of shadow work like if i don't look at my shadow it's going to come out in bad ways and yeah, yeah. i and, mean not a lot of people look into themselves that way or you were aware of what's happening in your own state of mind yeah. at least you were I mean, not a lot of people can catch themselves from that train of thought. Yeah, and and I've seen me change. Because there was a time in my life, because I wasn't looking at sexuality, I came out with the creepy energy and women, you know, the hungry. And then... Ah, the repressed. Yeah, and women can energy, sense that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. But now it's the opposite. Like, women, just, they, they feel so safe with me and grounded. It's like... Yeah, I, could, I mean, I feel I'm totally different. Like, and yeah, it's not that I demonize that side, but I embrace that hungry man and fed it in different ways, in more creative ways. And, and it's also a lot of one thing I discovered is, you know, like we like, I don't know, with, with, with women, with men, we like the chase, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We don't practice the having. I, I had it in, in, in America, like, I didn't really want this American. Or when I was in, in France, like, you know, the colonial mentality of oh, French, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but when that's actually there, <laughs> you're like, I mean, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, the, the first experience of me being intimate with a Westerner, I was excited, but then I found. Their bodies are harder than Phil. I don't know. There's some softness with the Filipino body. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's jeans. actually. Yeah. yeah. I realized because when, when, when I was with, with a Western man who was older than me, because I yeah. like older men, and I realized that Western skin or the men, Western men's skin is different the way yeah. it felt. I mean, ours is softer i mean even even if i compare it to my dad who's older and then i'm like his his skin is really smooth but when it comes to western people i'm like why is your skin like this i know it's western skin if i touch it in a way so it's a different feel it's a different feel yeah yeah and then i realized that i was like ah so is this what western skin feels yeah yeah and uh (laughs) Oh, yeah, and then my first experience with the black woman. Oh, that's really like, wow. The black people, they're really, they're really into, they're really connected to the earth. I really like it. They're really in their bodies. Love it. And it's like, wow. Raw, raw power. Yeah. It's something that... Yeah. Actually, you, rem- you remind me of someone who told me that we were talking about dancing a while ago. Um, there was this one guy, he's Australian. I met him, he was in Indian, Indian Australian. And then he went to the Philippines and 
and he asked me and some friends out to dance and stuff. And then, knowing me, I'm that kind of person. When I dance, I dance like no one's watching. I'm like, yes, I'm going to just dance the fuck out of this place. And then I, I asked him. It was the first time I asked someone how I, I, how I danced. And he's like, you know, you, you look so powerful. And I'm like, powerful how? And he said Beyonce. I'm like, Beyonce? And then, and then he expounded wherein, you know, it reminds me of, he, he came from New Zealand before he went to Australia. So he knows the haka. And he was reminded of how, you know, women in in that culture stop oh, yeah, their they, feet and they're just powerful yeah, women. Yeah, yeah. And then it's very much something that overpowers or rather when you see it, it's very powerful and moving. And then that's what we saw. And I was like, huh, I never knew that. I never knew that the way I danced, you know, projected that kind of energy because I was like high in movement and then you you saying that the movement is grounded by the earth and I feel like because I knew where I stood I knew who I am it's it's like yes I have the foundation I have foundation under me mm, and knowing mm, that I have good. that foundation and connection with myself and the earth you move with that so it's like oh okay I never knew that so, yeah going that's back good. to you know, that's good feedback yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, just feeling the, yeah, it's like, life is, is so interesting, isn't it? If if you're curious, it's like, oh, it's like, every every, every day I'm learning these things, like, what? <laughs> are, are you yeah, the same? I mean, like, you look, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a person who likes experiencing things once, at least once. So I'm like, I'm not afraid to try something, but I'm going to try it at my own time. There was this one time wherein I, I'm afraid of swimming before because I drowned when I was a kid. So for me, whenever I want to learn something that I'm afraid of, I have to do it by myself. Somebody Mm. has to instruct me from afar. And then when I'm by myself, I'm going to do it. Because I don't want anyone else to have that judgment or anything. And if I start doing it again and again by myself and I become confident in doing it, then I'll show them that I know how to do it. And can you tell me how to improve it? Because that's my learning process. But there was one time wherein there's this person, it's me putting my boundaries on myself or for other people to see also, to respect. So we were in the ocean and I I like seeing people go down the water deep dive. Um, how do you say that? We're in, they're just diving without free diving. Yeah. yeah, free diving. So yeah, yeah. I want to do that in the future, but at my own pace when I feel comfortable because I know for me that once I feel safe in myself, in my confidence, in my abilities then I start pushing it more and more during that time he was telling that the person I was with was telling me oh you just do this and I'm like nope I'm not gonna do it just because you told me to I know you're there but no 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 and then it 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 made me realize that once I want to do something I have to do it just because I want to not because another person is telling me that I can do it I have to convince myself that I can do it but at my own time at my own space 
at my own yeah. comfortability. Yeah, and I feel like you know when when I I love the essence of being underwater. I never realized that you know I was afraid of swimming, but I never knew the beauty of being in the ocean, just feeling the cold water. And I'm very sensitive to to so many things, and apparently I can hear things underwater. And not a lot of people can hear clicking noises inside in the water, but I can hear the little click, 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 that I, I can't I... understand why I can hear that, but I can, or maybe because I can tune into things when I am focusing on something. So I'm just aware that it's fun to be underwater. It's just that. I just have to relax into it. Just know that I'm okay. It's 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 something I want to dive deeper into. It's just that ah, COVID, <laughs> COVID has ruined that chance. But you know, I mean, it. Hopefully, we'll 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 get out of this and then uh, we can travel again. <laughs> yeah, but. Oh, how how is your perspective on this COVID thing and this pandemic? This pandemic has actually stopped the world from functioning, in a way. Everything stopped. And I think it shows totally, but it stopped. The world shut down for a bit. Everything, everyone was sinking, or it was a universal thing it wasn't uh, just one country but the whole universe or the whole world experiencing something that that hasn't been experienced before i mean a friend told me that you know wars happen but it didn't happen all over the world because most of the time it was just these countries and then other countries were just there to i mean in the battlefield but for the whole world to stop, you know, travel, to stop, you know, everything, just because of this, it's it's a new thing that the that humanity is experiencing. So, what is your perspective in this? Is it a thing wherein we have to look into ourselves as a species, or is it just a fluke in nature? Is it mm. just a passing thing that we're going to learn something about or we're going to learn a lesson about? So what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm, I'm part of this group of people under the loose banner of, we call it Game B. And it's a, it's a placeholder of everything that's happened since the agricultural revolution is Game A. This... Uh, rivalrous dynamics of uh, building empires and building it's the mm. competition that everyone's competing with each other competition age yeah yeah and if you look at it if you look at the trajectory it's not looking good because um it used to be fine because if something happened in let's say in china america's still fine but you're right not everything's linked and there's a lot of there's a lot of existential threats now not just the virus, but there's the there's still nuclear weapons, and then there's genetic engineering. If something goes wrong with that, it's hard to keep mm-hmm. the borders as well. This the climate is changing, and so if 
we don't find a way to change what's happening right now. It's not looking good. So I think the virus just shows us how fragile the systems we have built over time is. So it's about time to rethink. And I think it's a good opportunity to rethink how can yeah. we live differently. And like this, this um, indigenous, uh, Aboriginal guy in Australia here, he wrote this book called Santa. I think somewhere here. Oh, yeah, it's here, like where he is talking about the indigenous way of thinking. And we're actually going back to that in, in the sense that, you know, when I, until recently I thought, you know, how, how do we judge civilizations, right? We judge, oh, they're good because they left the pyramids or they left, you know, they left ruins. But I was thinking, maybe the smarter people didn't leave anything because they moved to the land. So I'm, I'm learning a lot about, because the Aboriginal people here in Australia are one of the longest surviving, mm. continuously surviving, and it's because they moved with the land. And there must be something with that, that because um, clearly we need, I mean, the earth doesn't need us, but we need the earth. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's a weird, oh, we need to save the earth. No, actually, we don't. We need to save ourselves. <laughs> True. I mean, like, yeah, we think, we think, we think we're the view. thing, but we're, we're dependent on plants, with, on air, on water. We're the ones yeah. depending on, we're part, we're in the system. We're not, I think it's one of the. We're not the the subject of the world actually we're just a passing thing in the grand scheme of you know the universe in a way now, i mean we're, we're special in a way because we're self-aware but we're also dependent on everything so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah that's my, my current experiment now is on uh, this thinking always thinking totally instead of just Cause, you know, you learn, you learn science, right? In, in the Philippines, we learn a lot, all the subjects. Science is very reductionist. If you want to study yeah. something, you reduce it to the smallest. You just take that one out and study yeah. it. But, but you can dissect a bee, but you won't understand how a bee works until you see the bee alive. You know, when you kill something and you dissect it, you think you understand it, but you don't. Like, yeah. like what, is, what is you? Like... It, like if I just look at my skin cells, it doesn't really tell me until you see me behaving. And yeah, that's more this, this holistic way of looking at it more. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, I noticed that. Mm. I feel like here in the Philippines also, we just look at, oh, this, this person in government is doing this, but they, we don't look at it in the sense that what if this the action of this person in government i mean like the president in a way that you may look at him like this but you don't see his effect until you look at the grand scale of things which is the whole philippines how is the philippines doing now that he's the one leading so there are so many things like that we just we tend to look at yeah what you said you tend to look at the the smallest thing and not looking at everything as a whole yeah and i know and to me really um 
maybe we don't really need to rely on the government too much in general. True. I mean, because we all know, even in Australia, I mean, they're good, but still people complain that they're less efficient than the private sector. And then why do we expect them to? It's a bit of, um, yeah, we expect a lot from the people we also did. We also expect that they're not good. <laughs> it's, it's like a weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, but it's complex because you, you kind of need you kind of need things like the police. Otherwise, we have to get guns ourselves. And I don't want to live in the world where you have to rely on yourself True. to protect. <laughs> so it's very complex, you know. Yeah, everything's happening at the same levels, you know. Like um, I'm. I'm doing this course now with Nora Bateson and it's called Warm, Warm Data Lab and she talks about the double bind where it seems intractable. This is a good example of a double bind. You know, when, when, you're, when you're lovers and then someone says, you don't say you love, you, you never say you love me. Mm. Whatever you answer to that will be wrong. <laughs> Because if you say, I love you, oh, you're just saying that because I said, but if you don't say anything. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. <laughs> yeah, these are, these are the, a lot of things in the world are like that. Like, like, like with this pandemic, we know that the normal is not work, it's not working you, anymore. Yeah, but then if you don't, but then if you don't get, go back to normal, it will be chaos. It's like, what do we do? How do we then not descend into chaos, but then shift a better system it's like how do it's yeah. like changing the tires while everything's moving right yeah i i thought about that actually we're in before we were in our, our society was living too much in competition we're yeah. in oh you know i have to be better than this company i need to earn money and then it made me realize how companies here or anywhere actually look into how much money they're earning and not necessarily how much people they're helping yeah we're helping people but you're looking too much at numbers it's a numbers game you see it as the end goal and now that i'm looking into you know um what's happening you see people bartering you see people creating products so that they can help each other out and you know i feel like there shouldn't be any competition before yeah you told me that it it was something we used to do it was the normal back then but maybe since we've seen how our structures or the way we were thinking before isn't working anymore we have to move on and look into other possibilities. Maybe don't see it as a competition, but see it as a way to improve more. Like see it as a way to pull someone up then rather than pushing someone down. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's, it's a real mind virus. That, <laughs> because like, um, like we, we blame companies, right? But what are companies? It's also made of people doing stuff. But then, for some weird reason, oh, it's just business. Like, what does that mean? It's like, it, I don't care if it's business or government or individual. You still have effects on the world, right? You didn't say, 
it's, it's a it's an interesting thing and also yeah like with the competition thing uh, one thing that because i was thinking how do you create because i studied economics it's like brainwashing to me you need competition mm-hmm. for for things yeah yeah but then i realized um uh, there's this guy who said it's about it's like it's like thor you know the mjolnir thor's yeah. hammer is mjolnir so to everyone that hammer is heavy even hulk can carry it but the tour mm-hmm. is light so the idea is if you find your unique thing then you have no competition because there's only yeah. one you in the world so i think what happened yeah, is yeah. someone created this artificial idea that everyone should be like that and everyone's competing to be like that but everyone should just be being themselves and fully then we don't need to compete because we, we want everyone to be unique <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, tying. I mean, a lot yeah. of people do tie. It's just that we have our own personalities tied into that. Or when I tie, it's more of sensual, very much uh, medit- meditative healing, very much uh, dancing. When my friends is very educational, very, um, in a way, that's his own style. And then yeah, so there's no need to compete that, between the two of you, right? Yeah, this I mean, different. Yeah, yeah. there is no competition. I mean, if if we can give out um, the same thing in terms of we're, when we're teaching, this is what we're teaching. There, there is a standard, then go. But when it comes to different flavors, like mine is very sensual, then if you want to do sensual rope, go, come to me because I can teach you my ways. And then you can go to this person if you want to tie in this very sadistic way, blah, blah, blah. So there is no competition. People will naturally gravitate towards you because of who you are and how you do things. Mm. And I realized that. I'm like, people get me because I'm unique. So, (laughs) I mean, there is no, I mean, as much as I teach people my ways, people will still come to me because it's mine. It's my personality that they're going for. Mm. It's my technique. I mean, I can teach techniques, but how I do it, how I, I mean, how you I make it your own, give right? my energy. Yeah. yeah, I give my energy to it. I give my emotions. I give my thoughts. I give my words. So there is always that thing that they cannot replicate because it's me. My, it's my person. They cannot recreate what I'm doing. It's even yeah. if they do have the same techniques that I'm going to teach. So yeah. Yeah, that's like that's I think that's the best answer for when people ask what's your dream job? And I always say, My dream job is to earn money by just being me. That's the best kind of job. Oh <laughs> right there. <laughs> that's True. the best kind of job, right? That's the best kind of job, right? Just being you. You get yeah, rewarded I- for being you. Everyone should have that job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the comfortability that what you're doing is enough and people would pay for it. And, you know, I, I think that people here or maybe here in the Philippines, maybe I'm just coming from the mindset of, I mean, here in the Philippines, we come from the mindset of lack. There is always lack. Or maybe in the world also, there is always... Yeah, yeah, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. ...thing wherein you're not good enough, you have to be this in order to be regarded as good. So 
there is fear that you are never enough. Even if you reach the highest tier of, you know, in that category of your product or your services, there's still this fear that, no, it's not good enough. And then <laughs> you realize, and, and the fear over money and over money and expenses people value or maybe maybe in our in in our society people equate money to power yeah like if i have money you're regarded more as a person you're seen as someone in power i'm like uh, maybe i'm just in that way of thinking we're in actually take away the money who are you (laughs) what Mm, can you give me are you interesting yeah it, it's it's my perspective because I know mm. I'm surrounded by people who don't have money or don't see money as the end all and be all. And I see them having these wonderful personalities. And if there is this culture of bayanihan or this culture of helping each other out when there's nothing. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather be with a person who has this great personality who I can vibe with. Even if they have no money, they can exchange it. There's this energy exchange. Money for yeah. me is an energy exchange. So if you can't pay for anything, just give your time and energy. That energy exchange. There is nothing more that I want from you. I don't need your money. And I feel like when you see money as an energy exchange or when you take away money as a factor for one being, a human being to be respected. It makes me question, okay, what personality do you have? Without the money, without the power, without the position that you have, what personality will you show me? Because this is yeah. why, I, I mean, take away the money, this is my person. Take away that money and power from you, who are you? Mm. It, 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 makes them, it makes me question and it makes them question themselves. Do you know who you are without this one? You yeah, see yourself yeah. as this. Oh, if, you, if you lose I everything, that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, again, we're very much our materialistic world. We look into money and accumulation of it. So, it's just a new perspective wherein I challenge people that, yes, you have this, but what can you give me once yeah. it's and taken I think, away? I think the world is coming to that. Like, I mean, the wealthiest countries also have the highest rates of suicide and mental issues. So it's, it's clear proof that it's money is not the answer to everything. I mean, you need one needs um, like a minimum amount to survive. But after that, I don't think it adds a lot. You know? yeah, I mean, I it mean... can be problematic if, if you need to, you know, if you're always worrying about it. But yeah. You're right. There's something deeper. That's, uh... Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm at that point wherein I, I do have a day job and it's enough to pay for my everyday life. And that's okay with me. I'm like, I'm not going to seek something better because I know the universe will take care of me in so many ways, in ways that I cannot think of. Or if I do, I know it's going to have my back. It's just that my focus now is how can I help people? At the end of the day, does it fulfill my soul? I mean, my money fulfills my needs. But the other things that I do is to fulfill my soul and to mm. fulfill other people's um, life as well. So, so that's how I see it. Like, I don't, mm. it, it's, it's more of like, 
that's why I question it. Mm, mm, I'm, I'm this. Take it as take me as I am, and I'll show you that even if you don't, if you do have that kind of money, I'm not gonna rely on that to be with you as a person. So, I, it it reminds me of a session I had with this person. He he's a businessman from the U.S. and we had a session together, and we were eating dinner, and then he told me. Never once, because he's a businessman. Of course, he can afford this luxury hotel and he can afford to pay for the food and other things. So when we were together, he was telling me, never once did you ask me for anything. If it's anything I can give you, anything I can physically, you know, give you, just tell me. And then I just looked at him. I, I stared blankly far away. I looked into myself and I'm like, what else can I ask you? <laughs> the, the answer was none. And then I just looked at him and said, there is nothing I want to ask from you. Nothing at all. Nothing comes up because I'm happy spending time with you. I don't really need your money. I'm just happy that you chose to be with me. You chose to show up. You chose to let go in, in, in our session. And that's, that's it. Yeah, but, that's 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 it. Yeah, and, and and he couldn't he couldn't understand why I was not asking for anything else. Like, to him, yeah, someone is in the world of commerce. Yeah, it's one of the things you um, it's no commerce. <laughs> you do things yeah. because you want to do it, not because. Of and there was no expectation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mm-hmm. told him what you did was already beyond. You actually you, you give more than enough. Why do you feel as if there's something <laughs> that you have to still give? Maybe yeah. maybe during that time I did give him a really good session. That's why I was feeling so guilty that I'm not asking for anything. I was Yeah, it's more of like that. Like you cannot buy these things once you're satisfied with with what the other person can give and you have no expectations it actually feels good like yeah. Yeah, i just love spending time with you but then again what i told him was when i was with him i i, I slept over at his place at, at the hotel room i'm naughty so i was like lying down or actually sitting down on the bed and then i was looking at him and said i think i want to stay for the night <laughs> And then he said, and then he said, your wish is my command. I'm like, yay, now let's eat. <laughs> so, so it's just me being naughty. But yeah. of course, it wasn't, it wasn't poking fun. I never actually intended to stay. But when he said, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay. Why not? So, yeah, yeah. And he, he got spoiled. I feel like that's why he felt guilty was because I was spoiling him so much. Yeah. He, you know, when, when, when you're in BDSM, you go through you go to sessions because you want to express a part of yourself yeah that you normally see but as a person who's very much a very affectionate during that time i saw that he was so deprived of affection yeah as as a person yeah. who as a person who who's very tactile i know when somebody's reaching out to me the way the way he was the way i was touching him was more of like caressing like that the way he was touching me was like he was pulling me and i'm like 
okay, this person is such a prime and he just wants to go at it. So reading into that energy after the session, I went into my my personality wherein I'm very affectionate. I started kissing him all the time and the cheeks. He's not my boyfriend, but it's more of like, I know that he would want this also because the urge was there. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this doesn't normally come out. But when it does, it's in full bloom because I he's enabling me. I know that his energy is asking for it. So yeah. when when I was doing it, his face was where I'm like, mm, I'm so happy. <laughs> his, his face was like mm, like like a baby. When when, mm. when you when you when you when I scratched his the back of his head, it was like mm. like <laughs> he it feels like he wants to cry from wanting to, to have a person do that to him. Because mm. I started kissing his cheeks a lot and then start g- gave him massages and stuff. And I even asked him to ask him if I can give him a bath. So, and then I asked him if he has ever experienced that. And he said, no, nobody mm-hmm. has ever asked to give me a bath. And I'm like, I'm going to give it to you because I want you to be spoiled when you're with me. I want to give you the best session ever. So. I did spoil him. And then what he told me was like, you know, I'm not never going to go back to real life knowing that somebody can spoil me in this way. And I'm like, oh, it feels so good to hear. Mm-hmm. Because again, I, I heard this from, from uh, Black Sin, an educator, uh, a, kink in, a kink in BDSM educator in the US. He said, uh, they said, that they want that another person who goes into their session be a better person than when they go out. Mm. I, I mean, they want the person to be better than when they went into the session. Mm. So it, it's a good thing to, to give that to another person, to have that experience wherein you make them so happy that mm. they will carry it with them even if you don't meet it anymore. They'll never it's forget those it. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and sometimes I check in on him and he's still that kind of person where in, uh, I want to go back to the Philippines. I want to see you. I want to be spoiled. But I'm like, COVID, man. <laughs> We're yeah. stuck. But it just means that maybe it is time for everyone to just relax and know that things will, go, will get better. It's just that we just take time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I'm sick already. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of being alone. <laughs> yeah. It will pass. It will. Yeah. I think we're, we're going to be able to travel again. Mm. Sooner or later. But yeah. then again, it, it, it really is a time to look in. Ourselves. Mm. I feel like I'm busier mm. now than I was when pandemic when the pandemic wasn't here. Mm. Like I guess I focused so much energy before in going out and I, I know I tune into myself, but maybe this time is the time we're in. Okay, you're gonna experience five months, five to six months of loneliness without any other person. So how will you deal with it? And and during this time, I realized how my body 
started feeling aches and pains that I never felt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never knew it. And then I started mm. researching because I thought it was the position of my body when I, when I work or when I do something. But then I realized, hey, I've been doing this for five years, for almost five years, and nothing of this sort has happened before. Never did I experience pain like this or joint pain wherein joint or nerve pain because I felt like my nerves were the ones causing the pain. So I'm very much aware of the nerves of my body because I do rope. So mm-hmm. I know what to pinpoint. So I was aware of it. But then the funny thing is this one, the right arm, the right hand, the wrist and arm acted up after a few days it switched from here to here. And then after a few days, it's both. And then after a few days, it reached down to my feet. And I was questioning, where is this coming from? Mm. This isn't normal. I mean, I started the researching on how the brain tries to mask emotions or things that it doesn't want to be expressed Mm. through physical manifestations. And as a person who looks into myself, I was actually being aware that I, I might be experiencing something, something traumatic or something that's beyond my comprehension as of this moment, consciously, that my brain is trying to mask. So I had to look into that. I had to acknowledge that I may be experiencing something that I've never felt before that I, I have to, how do you say this? Uh, that I have to move with. I have mm. to be okay with. I have to acknowledge that, you know, I'm experiencing this pain maybe because my body knows, my body knows more than my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. If, if it's experiencing something, then there's something deep and very alarming. So... I went into that. I I did some affirmations. I also did some healing work in inside myself. Of course, sometimes it manifests still. It's just that I catch myself, unlike before. Mm. We're in. I don't know. You you yeah. That's why I don't drink medicine or whatever. It's because I want to be in tune. Why am I hurting? I don't want to mask anything. Mm. That, Feel it. That yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. And and I know my body is perfect and i know my body can heal without without inducing it in a state wherein i'm taking drugs that might cure cure the ailment but not necessarily the cause of Mm -hmm. the pain Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's 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 actually a wonderful time i realize that you know i'm lonely but you know, as, as a person whose love language is physical touch, of course, I, I couldn't touch a lot of people. Yeah, I can only touch myself. But, yeah. you know, it's so different when you cuddle something it's, and it's not cuddling you back. <laughs> when your pillows aren't enough anymore. Well, of course, it, it made me realize that a while I can handle that or I cannot feel that love language. I, I My body reverted to seeing other people online, you know, words of affirmation, um, time. Because when you're, when you're online with other people, you video chat, that's also, it feels as if you're there when you're not physically there. So 
I have to adjust. That I know once this is over, I'll be all over people. And I realized, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized also my my sex drive is so low. I mean, in terms of, I know people want to have sex with me. It's just that for me, I'm like, no, I don't think my energy is that way. I mean, I still get horny. I still masturbate. It's just that for now, because I'm so deprived or my my mind is into compensating for that lack with other things. I'm like, I have to be in this path because I know this pandemic will still be there for the end of the year or until half the year next year. So I have to just ride the wave. And of course, yeah. I do have people to cuddle with from time to time. It's more of like, okay, this is the cuddle time that I can get. So might as well make it a really good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sleep with other people. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually a really good time to better yourself. Yeah, no, guess, no, know yourself, know yourself better, yeah. Yeah, and there is fear of the unknown. But then again, in everyday life, there is that fear. I mean, it's just that um, this pandemic, maybe in a way, it's not as scary as it should be. It's just that maybe because of how media is putting it out there that it's this and this, which causes everyone to feel a certain panic that, you know, um, seeps through everything in media, in, in the way we talk about things. Sometimes, maybe, this is my perspective, maybe that negativity is what causes us to, to not be as healthy and be vulnerable to that kind of, to the pandemic itself. Yeah. If it's, I mean, if it's everywhere already, it just means that you have to stay healthy because that's the only thing you can do. I mean, it's already yeah. there. It's just that we just have to be or vibrate in a higher level so that we don't really compromise our body. It's just, yeah. like, just my perspective. Yeah, we need, to we need to learn to live with it. It's just new. That's why. And then... It's gonna... Yeah, it's like hmm. it's like how the flu was influenza, basically. Hmm. It's it's just something new that's undiscovered, and it's just that because of technology and because we travel all the time, we do things all the time. We're social people, or we're social beings. We can prevent it. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's... Yeah, pandemics will happen from time to time. It's happened yeah, it's before, that, it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, it's just that we're not prepared for this strain. It's yeah. just that we just have to be, I guess, prepared in a way where it's okay, it's going to pass. You know, if things go this way, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I guess it's a movement. I mean, whatever happens is, is happening because it's permitted or it's, it's because... That's what the universe is, where the universe is flowing. It like the, the bamboo, it bends with the wind, it doesn't break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as much as so many things are coming at us, we just have to 
flow. Yeah, I think it's where Filipinos are good at that, from my experience. We always have humor, even Going in with the, the flow. worst. And also, even in yeah. the worst case, people still have humor. I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, we're like, eh, oh well. <laughs> yeah. But we still do the work. Like, I don't want to do this, but oh well. <laughs> Bahala na si Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, even even if we complain about it, we still do it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> still does the thing. Because yeah. we know that it's going to pass. It's, it, yeah. You know, maybe this is the, for now, this is our threshold of the things that we're going through as a race. We're in, this is the highest point we have to reach first and yeah, then it's, it's the after, next yeah i mean this is the next hurdle and then afterwards if there's Evolution. another pandemic yeah after this and then there's another pandemic now we know how to to react because this is the first time yeah, that yeah. this happened so the first in our lifetime yeah. yeah and when we, we just don't know how to navigate through it because yeah. everything is you and no one knows what to do and there is no foreseeable future because they're they're we're still creating it and i feel yeah. like in the next time that this happens we already have a threshold or we have something to look back upon and be like oh we did this then yeah. let's go back to that and then improve improve so yeah i feel like so, there's a hopeful future <laughs> for this yeah, yeah yeah me too on that note i think it's we could And this one, yeah. I mean, I I was just feeling, yeah, maybe we could call this one and then we could do another one in the future, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm more than open to that, yeah. It seems that there's more, more, more things there coming from you and and me, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I think this is a fun thing to talk about, wherein, yeah, it's these are topics that are very controversial not a lot of people would think in this way and i've never had anyone to talk about it in a way that's very spiritual and i feel like yeah. a lot of people when yeah. when i do talk about these things in a spiritual light where i'm hopeful and then this pandemic is just this passing thing they're like what are you discounting the fact that this 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 is happening like no it's just that i'm looking at it in a different perspective in this yeah, it's, it's more it's more of a feeling as well rather than a calculation yeah, actually, it, yeah it's a feeling that we're okay it's just that relax you just need to relax yeah i think we've uh, underestimated the power of sense making through feeling yeah i think it's, i'm i'm i myself have been exercising that more this yeah feel i see you dancing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. It was so have, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a good sleep. And yeah, you too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Can just <laughs> okay to publish this, right? Or yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and then we could do another one. Good night. <laughs> night, night. Ah, is it Asian thing? <laughs> night. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you.